This is Alive with Joseph. We opened up last week a series I titled The Victorious Church. And under the series, I have a, a portion that says, talks about the supernatural church. And we looked at part one last week. We're getting into part two of the supernatural church. After Jesus came, the death, the resurrection, and the glorification of Christ restored to man what was lost in Adam. And what was it that Jesus restored back to mankind? What did Jesus restore back to us through his death, his resurrection, and his glorification? Let's see what was restored to you by the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Go with me to the book of Revelations, chapter 5, verse 12. The Bible says, saying with a loud voice, What is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing? So Jesus received power for you on the day of Pentecost, when you study the scriptures in the book of Acts of Apostles, when the Holy Ghost came, what did the apostles receive? The apostles received power. Why? Because Jesus, the Lamb of God, according to Revelation chapter 5 verse 12, has received power on our behalf. And the Bible said he also received riches. So listen, friends, Jesus received riches on your behalf. That tells me your days of poverty are over because he received riches. Your days of lack, your days of insufficiency, your days of not having enough, they are over forever in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So everything Jesus received is for you to enjoy here on the earth. That means, friends, by the resurrection and the glorification of Christ, you have access to everything that Jesus has received according to Revelation chapter 5, verse 12. Now, let's look at all that he received on your behalf again. He said, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain. He was slain for you to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Wow. Did you see? Now, when you look at that scripture, did you see any misfortune amongst them that Jesus received for you? No. Therefore, I declare over you this morning, every form of misfortune around you in your life, they are cleared off in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because Jesus did not receive misfortune for you, I pray for you this morning from this day, it will be good, 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 good for you in the name of Jesus. I declare from this day going forward, it shall be good, 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 good for you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Give me two powerful amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, look at what Jesus received for you. He received wisdom. He received honor. He received power. He received riches. He received blessing. He received glory. He received strength. That is what the Lamb of God that was slain has received on our behalf as believers. When you got born again, you inherited all of these that Jesus received. You received the life of God on the inside of you. The Zoe of God. The life that God himself carried came on the inside of you and not just life accompanying that life was glory was wisdom was honor was riches blessing power and strength 
accompany the life that you receive was also all of these things. In the book of Numbers chapter 23, the Bible recorded that Balaam said to Balak rather sent to Balaam that he should come and curse Israel. But the Bible recorded that he said, I cannot curse them. How can I curse a man whom God has blessed? Listen friends, if in the old covenant they couldn't curse the children of Israel, how much more you that Jesus has received the blessing on your behalf. I therefore prophesy over you from this day, every arrow of curse that is flying around you, I command them to catch fire in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I declare you will fulfill your days here on the earth. You will fulfill your years here on the earth. Every satanic pronouncement made against you and your family this year, I declare by the blood of the everlasting covenant, by the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, by the better speakings of righteousness, I command those lies of Satan be aborted in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He received blessing for you. Therefore, no curse has the legal grounds to hang around you. Because Jesus has received blessing for you. The book of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 began to tell you, tell you your position because of what Jesus has received. Look at your position because of what Jesus has received. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6, and God has raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. God has raised you up with Christ. When Christ rose on that faithful day of resurrection, you were in him as he was rising, you were rising as well. Listen friends, you didn't just rise, you were also seated together with him in the heavenly places in Christ. That is where you are sitting. That is your position. Listen friends, and if any man, the Bible says, be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old has passed away. Behold, everything in him has become new. That is to say, in God you live, in Christ you move, and in him you have your being. Being found in him, you not having your own righteousness, but his righteousness. This is your position in Christ by the reason of what he has received for you. You are seated in Christ. Where? In the heavenly realms. Why? Because heaven lives in Christ. You are seated in Christ in the heavenly realms. Why? Because heaven lives in Christ. Jesus doesn't live in heaven. Heaven lives in Jesus. Are you understanding me, friends? Heaven lives in Jesus because heaven is too small to carry the invincible God. Heaven lives in Jesus. When you come into Jesus, you have come into heaven. Jesus doesn't live in eternity. Eternity lives in Jesus. Why? Because Jesus himself is eternity. Are you understanding me, friends? Hallelujah. That explains the book of John chapter 17 verse 3. It says, and this is eternal life. Eternal life is not an event. Eternity is not an event. Eternity is a person. He said, and this is eternal life. That they may know you. Can you see that? That they may know you. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Jesus is eternal life. And when you came into Jesus, you came into eternal life. Hallelujah. 
This is eternal life. So friends, eternal life is a person. And eternity is not a location. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eternity is a person who, eternity is the person who is eternal life. And that person is Jesus Christ. And you live in that person. Hey, that means friends, you are a carrier of eternity. You carry eternal life in you. That is the life you have, no sickness can take it because it is eternal life. The life you have, no virus can take it because it is eternal life. The life you have, no man born of a woman can take your life. Why? Because you can't take eternity because eternity is not a location. Eternity is not an event. Eternity is a person and that person is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in whom you live, in whom you move, in whom you have your being. Come on, shout boldly eternity lives on the inside of me. Give Jesus praise this morning. Hallelujah. The book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11 now says, the Bible now said that God has planted eternity in your heart. When Jesus entered your heart, eternity entered your heart. When Jesus entered your heart, heaven entered your heart. That is why you are supposed to live a life of heaven on the earth. That is why I said to you friends, you are supposed to operate supernaturally here on the earth because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth must speak. That is to say friends, you should say what you want to see. Why? You are a carrier of eternal life. That is when you begin to say what is in your heart, which is eternity, what is in your heart begins to condition what is around you that tells me you can live in the midst of disaster but around you is heaven why because eternity is in you and if eternity is in your heart when you speak forth eternity eternity begins to manifest around you others can be suffering certain things but you are not going to be a part of them why because what is from your mouth conditions your environment there are different environments over different houses. There are different atmospheres over businesses. Listen, friend, that is why when you understand you are a carrier of eternity, you are a carrier of eternal life, other people's business may be crashing. You refuse your business to crash because why? What conditions your business is not the economic statistics of the world. What conditions your business is the eternity that is on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, my Lepolefreyanoshka. Listen to me, friends. You are, you are exempted in this season. Because the Bible says, with your eyes, you shall behold and see. You shall behold and see. That is, it will not come near you. He said, a thousand will fall by your side, ten thousand by your right hand. It will not come near you. Only with your eyes, you shall behold and see what the reward of the wicked. That is, you are not permitted by the eternal life you carry to suffer what others are suffering. Why? You live under a different 
different atmosphere. You live under a different government. Uh, can I prophesy to you? As your amen comes like thunder, I declare where things were difficult for you before now, I command them to become easy. In the name of our Lord Jesus, I declare over that dead business, let that dead business resurrect. Uh, let that dead career resurrect. Uh, that sickness in your body because of the eternity on the inside of you, I command your body be healed uh, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, lift your voice and shout, my case is different. Lift your hands and declare, my case is different. Give me two powerful amen. One, two, give Jesus praise. Hallelujah. I hear people keep saying, the church of Jesus Christ is still struggling. Where did they get that from? When shall we be perfect? Who told you that? Christ perfected us already. I hear people say, but uh, I hear people say, you know, when will the church ever live victoriously? Who told you that? The church is already living victoriously. Listen, thus says the God of heaven, in the midst of this rubble, the end time church has emerged. The glorious church, the undefiled church, the unpolluted church has emerged in the midst of this confusion. The army has risen in the midst of this confusion. The end time generation has emerged. The people that will walk in the supernatural, the people that will climb walls, the people that will outrun horsemen. There is an army that has come out of this confusion. Listen, friends, can I declare? I declare over you after now, you will begin to demonstrate the glory of God. Anywhere you enter, you will demonstrate the glory of God. Anywhere you enter, you will manifest supernaturally. If you believe it, shout amen. Do you know, friends? The reason why most of the church folks has not been operating in the supernatural is because the church is full of futuristic mentality. The church is full of futuristic mentality. Many Christians keep, pray, keep saying, the Lord will do it. Hey, does that sound like you? The Lord will do it. Very soon it will happen for me. Very soon it will soon be my turn. That is a futuristic mindset. That has become the problem of the church. Many believers are too futuristic. There is a lot of futuristic Christians. That is why many are not functioning in the supernatural. Listen friends, if you are going to operate in the supernatural... There is no future about the supernatural. God has no past. God has no future. God operates in the eternal now. Hey. Oh, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. God has no past. God has no future. Your God, my God, your father, my father operates in the eternal now. Hey. Pause and think, Silah. Think about it. God operates in the eternal now. 
Now the harvest is ripe. Hey, now faith is. Faith is now. God is now. Give me to amen. <laughs> Listen, friends. Your God does not live in the future. Your God is not a futuristic God in terms of thinking. Your God is a God of now. I'm yet to find in the scripture where God postponed the testimonies of his people. I'm yet to see in the Bible where when anybody releases their faith, God will tell them it is not yet time. No wonder the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 2 says, For he says, in an acceptable time, I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, hey, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Do you know what happens? Many Christians only read the air part of that scripture. In an acceptable time, God has heard you. And they forget to go further. Where he now said, behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Friends, if it is not now, it is not acceptable. (laughs) I didn't write it. It's in the Bible. He said, I've heard thee in an acceptable time. And he now said, let me tell you when the acceptable time is. He said, now is the accepted time. That is to say, friends, you will never operate supernaturally till you start thinking now. God is not going to heal you. God has healed you now. God is not going to bless you. God has blessed you now. Until you start thinking now and thinking faith, you cannot operate supernaturally. Faith is now. Now faith is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So friends, the supernatural is in the realms of now. The supernatural is not in the realms of the future. It's not in the realms of the past. Because you can't operate the supernatural without faith. And faith is now. Can you see? Can you see? You can't operate supernaturally without faith. And faith is now. Faith is not future. Faith is now. There are some other Christians as well have come to discover. There are some other Christians have come to discover who believe in a historic God. They believe in a historic God. They come and tell you the Lord did it yesterday. What God did 20 years ago, they keep rehearsing. The Lord did it. The Lord did it. He did it last week. He did it in the time past. He did it before, before. And hopefully soon he will do it again. Listen, friends. Anytime we have to refer to what God has done before, it must be in the light of a testimony. It must be in the light of a testimony. And it must fuel our faith for the happenings of now. Anytime we will have to refer to what God did in the past, it shouldn't be to massage ourselves and sit and do nothing. It should be in the light of testimony that is to say, if he did it yesterday, he can do it again today. Like David, remember, he said, the Lord enabled me to kill a bear 
and a lion and you, the uncircumcised Philistine, I will cut off your head. He wasn't saying, oh, the God who helped me with lion and bear. You know, he used to. No, no, no. When he referred to the past, it was in the light of a testimony to fuel his faith for now. Glory to God. So he looked at the church, many Christians, they are in a state of probability. And because many are in a state of probability, they are struggling to hook up their faith to take delivery of what has been accomplished by Jesus. Every time you want to believe God, you know, you hear people encourage you to say, you know, you know, this God, you know, sometimes he can do it. No, no, no. God is not planning to. He did it already. That is why I showed you what he received. He received for you already. He is not going to receive. He received for you already. Hebrews chapter 11. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 11. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God is not he was. No, 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 no. God is not he will be, but he is. Listen, I repeat. God is not he was. God is not he will be. God is, he is. He said, he that comes to God must believe that he is not he was. Not he is going to be, but rather he is. They asked Jesus, what is your name? He said, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. Hallelujah. Moses asked God, who should I say sent me? God said to him, go and tell them, I am have sent you. That is to say, I am whatever you want me to be now. Hey, he didn't say to Moses, go and tell them I was. He said, go and tell Pharaoh, when they ask you who sent you, tell them I am. That is, I am whatever you want me to be now. So friends, you need to start thinking in terms of now. Anything can happen now. I don't care how long you have been in that sick bed. You can jump up now out of that sick bed if you want to. It doesn't matter how long you have had that disease. You can be healed now as, my, as you're hearing my voice, as my voice is echoing in your house. It doesn't matter what the enemy is doing. What I know is that God is, has done it and God brings increase into your life. He has done it already. And friends, if he has done it already, then it is time for you to take what he has done. I declare over you this morning, I pray for you. Whatever was wrong in your body, I command them to be made right in the name of Jesus Christ. Listen to this again. Oh my God. Listen to this. As I begin to look for where to close it here. Religion tells you when you pray, God gives you three answers. Have you ever heard such? When you pray, even me, I used to say it before. Until I came to the full knowledge of the truth. God gives you three answers. God tells you, wait. God tells you no, and God says yes. But let's look at what the Bible tells us. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. Quickly. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. Let's follow the scriptures. It says, for all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. In Christ, where you are, 
all the promises is a yes and amen. They are yes and they are amen. To the glory of God through us. Hey, that is to say, friends, the glory of God manifests through us by the display of the promises of God that we have made manifest for the onlookers to see. Listen, friends. Listen, friends. You might say, but pastor, how come when I received my healing, I still feel the pain? Can I differ with you? You didn't receive because if you received, your mind will be on the receiving irrespective of the pain. There is a point, friends, where you develop your faith to where you no longer see obstacles anymore. And listen, until you develop your faith to that point, you need to keep understanding that the obstacles are actually not designed to stop you. The obstacles are designed to make you better. Why? Faith thrives in the impossible. Faith thrives in the impossible. Or should I put it this way? The supernatural prospers in the midst of the impossible. So when you encounter the impossible, it is an opportunity for the supernatural in you to thrive. When you encounter the impossible, it is an opportunity for the God kind of faith you carry to find expression. Listen, 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 listen. How will you know you are functioning in the supernatural if you don't encounter the impossible? How will you know? How will you know? The only way you know is by when you are confronted with the impossible. When you are confronted with the impossible, the supernatural life in you begins to find expression. <laughs> Listen, how will you have known that Jesus could command the storms and the seas and the waves to be quiet if there was no waves? Hey, there needed to be a wave. There needed to be a storm so that you could know that a mortal man can command storms to cease and storms cease. Friends, anytime you encounter a storm, it is actually not an obstacle. It is an opportunity for you to lift your mouth and begin to manifest supernaturally. The Bible recorded that Peter came to the sea and he looked at Jesus. Master, if it is me, you ask me to come. He stepped out in faith. Why? Because faith is now. Until you step out, you will not know what you carry. This is the season for you and I to step out in faith. Glory to God. That is why the Bible said that the word of God must dwell in your heart richly. So that when you encounter anything, the first thing that comes out is scriptures. When you encounter anything, the first thing that comes out is scriptures. Not that, not the first thing that comes out of your mouth is, you're my way. No, no, no. The first thing that should come out of your mouth is scriptures. And he says he will give his angels charge over me. 
lest I dash my foot against a stone. And he said, no weapon fashioned against me will prosper. And every tongue that rises up against me in judgment is condemned. In him I live, move, and have my being. Oh, when anything comes in contact with you, by the reason of the indwelling of his word richly in you, your first response as a supernatural being becomes the word of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hey. Oh, I have about one more minute. Let me add the scripture. Judges chapter 6, verse 11 to 14, quickly. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terabyte tree, which was in Oprah, which belonged to Joash, the Abizarite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, listen, listen to this. Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all these miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him, notice very carefully, and said... Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? While Gideon was busy asking God, where are all the miracles? God didn't bother attending to that question. No, no, it's not necessary. What God was saying to him, God now said to him that, God didn't say to him, God didn't attend to those questions. Because why? It was not necessary. God said to him, I've put something in you. Go in this might. Go and produce all the miracles you are talking about. Gideon was looking for, Gideon was looking for an excuse to escape from the supernatural. He was looking for an excuse to stay away from the miraculous. Look at his excuse. And he said unto him, Oh my Lord, in verse 15, Wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I'm the least. But God told him, Listen, there is a might locked up on the inside of you. Bear in mind, Gideon was operating in the old covenant. And there yet, God said to him, there is a might locked up on the inside of you. Why Gideon was still saying, God, where are the miracles? God said, I'm not going to attend to that question. Because that question is not necessary. There is a might in you to go and produce the miracles you are talking about. Stop asking, where are the miracles? You go and produce the miracles. Because why? The thing, this God is good unto all men. What was in the prophets of old to produce the miracles is also in you, Gideon. There is a might in you. Gideon, stop complaining. Arise and go and produce the miracle. And he, and he left in that word of God. Hallelujah. I prophesy every might locked up on the inside of you. I declare it unlocked in the name of Jesus. I unlock that might on the inside of you. There is a victor inside of you. I unlock it in the name of Jesus. There is greatness inside of you. I unlock it in the name of Jesus. Listen, you listening to me. You listening to me this morning. I declare there's an anointing on the inside of you. I unlock that anointing in the name of Jesus Christ. I unlock that anointing in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I unlock that anointing in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I declare right now, 
that anointing in you. Let it be unlocked in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lift your voice and begin to give Jesus praise this morning. Thank you so much for listening. We believe you were blessed by the word. For more, please visit our website, www.alivewithjoseph.com, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel, Alive with Joseph Ngococha. Till next time, God bless.